worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. When a new mother is changing her baby's diaper, she's just expecting a bit of a mess. Instead, she finds herself staring into the unknown. And then we go fishing on a little rowboat with two dogs late at night. Everything was going according to plan until the cloud showed up. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. I'm so excited. I am so well rested and here we start the beginning of season 21 of dead rabbit radio guys we're coming up to the five year anniversary of this show and i appreciate everyone who's listening even if you're not listening even if you're just walking by someone listening i appreciate you too whether you listen to one episode or you've listened to them all multiple times thank you Thank you so much. Five years of Dead Rabbit Radio, and we got a ton of stuff to cover today, so we got to get started right away. First off, long-awaited, this gentleman joined the Patreon right before my break. Everyone give a round of applause for our newest Patreon supporter as he walks into the door. Give it up for J-Mo. Woohoo! Yeah! <laughs> Come on in! Yay! I don't know where the he-he-he came from. Makes him sound like some hillbilly. J-Mo, you're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. If you guys can't support the Patreon, I totally understand. Just help spread the word about Dead Rabbit Radio. That helps out so much. If you want to join the Fluffle, that is the scientific word for a group of rabbits, you can help the show grow just by spreading the word. J-Mo, I want you to go ahead and start dusting off the Jason Jalopy. You didn't know you are going to have chores? Yes, you have chores. I want you to dust off the Jason Jalopy as we're getting ready. I have a ton of stuff to talk about. I, I have too much stuff to talk about that I can fit it into one intro. So um, we're going to spread it off over a couple different episodes. But the Oregon Ghost Conference where I went during my break was fan. Fantastic! I got to meet some of you guys. Some of you guys drove out for hours to see my presentation on why are there no fat ghosts. I had a great time meeting you. This is the coolest group of people. This is the coolest group of people. Like Every time I've interacted with one of you guys, either online or in real life, when I've had the pleasure of meeting you guys in real life, you guys are always super nice, super cool. And that is great. Like It's great to know what the fluffle is. It's really cool people. And that makes me feel great. And I'm going to give all of you guys shout outs. We're going to spread them out over multiple episodes. And I also met some other podcasters out there. I got to meet Dr. Kelly Schutz. I did an interview on her Paranormal Encounters podcast. I'll put that in the show notes once again. I got to meet her in person. I got to meet some other great podcasters that I will also... I'm going to... Again, there's just too much to talk about. But the networking went great. The meeting you guys went great. 
for the first time, Dead Rabbit Radio is becoming part of the paranormal community, which was really cool, right? I'm meeting local ghost hunting groups. I'm listening to presentations from local ghost hunters and things like that. So it was a lot of fun. It was really cool. And for those of you who could be there, thank you so much for coming out. For those of you who couldn't, thank you for being there in spirit. Get it? (laughs) Get it? Get it? Because it's a ghost conference? Really, really appreciate it. We're going to be talking about little bits and pieces of it over the coming days and honestly weeks. There was that much great stuff. So much fun. And I'm glad that I was able to be a part of it. J-Mo. <laughs> J-Mo, I see you didn't do a great job. There's still a little dust. There's still a little dust on the glove box, but that's okay. I'll go ahead and toss you the keys to the Jason Jalopy. Let's leave behind Dead Rabbit Command. Drive us all the way out to a baby's house. <laughs> now, to be fair, the baby doesn't own the house. I think when a baby's in a house, I've never had a baby, but uh, they scared me. They're kind of weird looking and they're super fragile and I'm afraid I'm going to drop them. So people always offer, they'll be like, hey, do you want to hold this baby? The cops are chasing them. They're like, oh, no. Hey, hey, hold this baby for a second. It'll make me faster as I run from the cops. People are always asking me to hold their babies. I don't know what that is. And I always say no. And people go, huh? Like, it's weird not to hold a tiny human who is basically like a flesh-colored egg. Like, if you dropped a baby... Not talking the toddler, right? You can they're pretty sturdy. You can trip them. you can trip those if you're bored. Watch them tumble around. But like a baby. Tiny little baby person who can't even change his diapers. I don't want to touch that. Because I'm afraid. I'm so strong. I'm afraid that my mighty muscles will crush his baby bones. I, I I'm afraid because they're so fragile. They're they don't even have like a full skull yet. It's like it's all soft and stuff. It would be like if someone handed me a Cadbury egg when it was 106 degrees out. It's an eight-pound it's an eight-pound Cadbury egg with its own personality and the soul. I don't want to touch it. It's too fragile. So I imagine any house a baby lives in is the baby's house. And this house is in Mexico. We got this story. I found the story posted online. We don't have any official names, but we're gonna go ahead and call this kid Joey. Now he's an adult posting this. This isn't a story about a genius baby, although that would be cool too. The it's not a story about a genius baby. This guy's we'll call him Joey. He's an adult now, and he's talking about a story that happened to him when he was only two months old. So we're in this baby's house, and also in this house is the is Joey's mom and Joey's grandma. And Joey's just kind of doing like baby stuff, right? He's just sitting there, and the mom's like, "Oh my god, I think Joey pooped his pants." He doesn't specifically say what if it was a bowel movement or if he just peed. But this is the first episode of season 21, so of course you know it's going to be a poop story. He he poops. He poops his little diaper, and the mom's like, Pewee, Joey, you sure are stinky today. Let's change your diaper. So the mom picks up the baby, takes him over to the changing station, and the grandma's there as well. I don't know, does it take two people to change a baby? Again... I'll never, I will never find out. Maybe the grandma was just there to observe and critique. So the mom is changing Joey's diaper. And then all of a sudden, she looks down. She's kind of frozen in panic because what she sees is as she lays Joey on the changing station, Joey's belly, this little baby belly, has a black hole on it or i think a a more accurate term would be in it 
Because what she's looking at is an endless void. A deep, dark hole has appeared on this baby's belly. Now, not like he got a hold of a Sharpie, drew a little, drew a little circle, right? Not like he was eating some fudge and... It's a super dark fudge. It was dark as the infinite night that dooms to swallow us all. It wasn't any of that. She actually could see into Joey's stomach, but she couldn't see any intestines. She couldn't see any guts or blood. It was not a mark, but a vast, deep, endless darkness. Joey had a black void into his body. Now, obviously, this this would be so trippy to see, right? This would be so... You already know babies are going to do a bunch of weird stuff already. And as they get older, they start kind of being creepy and saying creepy stuff. But I think most, I think in most parenting books, it doesn't say, you know, around two months, they may develop a void inside of them. You're like, what? You turn the page, then it's talking about breastfeeding. You're like, huh? Tell me, tell me more about the infinite void. You wouldn't expect this. I don't think anyone would expect it. You wouldn't expect it on a baby. You wouldn't expect it on anyone. You go to pet your dog and your hand just goes deep into you're like, what? Hey, Rover, where'd you get this black hole at? So the mom starts freaking out, obviously. She's looking at her baby. I'm sure she turned to her mom and goes, is this normal? Did I have a void when I was a baby? Grandma's like, no. The mom starts freaking out. And the grandma, because she's a grandma... She's trying to take control of the whole situation. She's like, stay calm. (laughs) Stay calm as you look at your child, your offspring. And he has this dimensional rift opening inside of him. Stay calm. I'm going to go get some of my stuff. And we're going to go to the hospital. Because that seems like something we should do. I mean, we could also go to a physicist. Maybe they would know. But we're going to take little Joey to the hospital. You stay right here. And I'll be right back. (laughs) Which is so funny because, I mean, like, listen, you would be tempted to just leave. You'd be tempted. Wouldn't be a great grandma, but you would be tempted to just bounce. You're like, I don't know what that is either. And I'm leaving the country of Mexico forever. Grandma, she goes, grab that little blanket there and put it on Joey's stomach. Cover up that abomination to both science and God. Cover that up. I'm going to go and I'm going to get some stuff. I'll grab the car and we will take Joey to the hospital. Find out what's going on. And the mom does that, but she's still freaking out. She throws a little blanket. And Joey said when he was told this story, he was just doing baby stuff. Like preceding this, obviously, but even now he wasn't crying. He didn't seem to be in any sort of pain or distress. He's just laying on the changing table doing baby Joey stuff. The grandma comes back into the changing room. And because you would have to check, right? You would have to check before you loaded the baby into the car, took him to the hospital. You'd want to see if the hole was still there. So she lifted the blanket up. Also, I think you'd want to see if the hole got bigger because then you would be like, well, this this kid's kind of a lost cause. I don't want to pick him up. I don't want to get this void disease he has. Like, what if now when you remove the blanket, he didn't have any belly at all and like part of his back was missing and he's just still... Laying there on the table going, would you pick him up as he's slowly being devoured by the void? Well, they remove the towel or the blanket. They remove the blanket and it's gone. He now has a perfect little baby belly like babies always do. And everything's back to normal. 
It's interesting because he says that both my mother and my grandmother are total skeptics. They don't believe in the paranormal. They don't believe in any of this type of stuff. So they don't really know how to explain it. And if it was just one witness, you could say, you know, postpartum depression or trick of the light. But two witnesses from two different angles, that always makes it a little trickier. And the fact that they, like, they're like, yeah, I don't believe in the paranormal. I do believe in the time that you became an endless gaping maw into reality. But other than that, you know, ghosts, goblins, I don't believe in any of that. They And even then, like, they just don't know how to quantify this. They don't know what it was. They know they saw it. They know it was real, but they don't understand what it was. And so Joey, again, that's a fake name. He posted this online under the name I effed up need advice. That <laughs> that username has to apply to something else because he posts about a bunch of different stuff on here. This wasn't his only post. It's not like he's like, guys, listen, I really messed up. I missed the void. I missed the void. Please help me bring it back. That's just his username, and he tells the story. It's a fascinating story. But to make everything weirder, and we see this happen from time to time, because this is such a bizarre event, we can't classify it as a ghost or a UFO or a cryptid or any of the classifications we use. When people tell stories like this, you'll see other people tell similar stories because they thought they were the only one. If you saw a UFO, you would know where to go. You'd go to UFO forums... And he would talk about it with other UFO people. You would go to the Oregon Ghost Conference. You would contact a spiritual leader if you had problems with ghosts. Or you would, you know, there's so many options for that. There's not a huge community for black hole babies. There isn't. And if there is, I would avoid, I would avoid it. I don't think you should try to research it. It's probably black market babies, but that's not what we're talking about either. He posted this and then a couple of people are like, dude. Like, this is nuts. This I've had something happen to me as well. This guy goes, this is a secondhand story. He goes, a long time ago, it was like decades ago, like two, three decades ago, he goes, a buddy of mine told me a story and he was super nervous about telling me. We were good friends, but he was really nervous. And he had probably told it to other people and they had laughed at him. People don't feel welcome saying this stuff, unfortunately. He goes, I had a buddy of mine tell me this story. He told me about it decades ago. He was at a bar and he was just having a couple of drinks. He goes, my buddy was not an alcoholic. He never got super drunk. He would go to a bar, have a couple of beers. It was never, not to the point where you would hallucinate. He never would drink to that level. But he goes, my buddy was at a bar and he met this stranger. And like strangers do, they start conversations up at bars. And the stranger then said um, that he was a space alien. Probably probably left out the space part. That's like an old 1950s term. I'm an alien. He will call the friend Billy. I'm an alien, Billy. Did you know that? Did you know you're having drinks with an alien? And Billy kind of laughed. He's like, what? And that's when the stranger turned to Billy and opened up his jacket. And the stranger's entire chest was an endless black void. It's very Twin Peaks, right? Very Twin Peaks, The Return. There's that famous scene I'll put in the show notes. but And it freaked the friend out, obviously. It terrified him. And it terrified him not only in the moment, but even when he was telling the story. Even when he was telling the story to his friend later, it still just terrified him. And he could never 
figure out what he had actually seen. The friend goes, you know, Billy just still, for years, he goes, I've lost contact with Billy. <laughs> He's held on the phone with Billy. Billy's like, ah, fall through the void. He said, I've lost contact with Billy over the years, but... He's always been trying to figure out what exactly he saw. And you would, right? Because you can't classify it. And I'm sure that guy thought he was the only one. And now we have two stories of these endless voids. And then this story sounds kind of... I I know there was probably something you guys were thinking the whole time as I was telling these stories. This last story is also posted in response to this one. This girl, this girl says, back when I was about four or five years old... I was hanging out in my house, just, you know, doing four or five-year-old stuff. And I looked down, and my hand had a black void in it. I'm looking at my hand, and I realize, obviously, like, I'm not an idiot. At, at age of five, you can kind of ration, you be a rational person. I mean, you still believe Paw Patrol's real, but, I mean, other than that, you don't understand Kinsey and economics. But somewhere in, be- somewhere in between the two, right? They're, they know what what most things are real, but they're not fully formed. She's looking at this black hole on her hand and she realizes this isn't normal. And she can tell that there's depth to it, right? It's not just like a black circle. There's this depth to it. So what she did, and this is what I think we all would do, is she took a screwdriver and put it through the hole. She had a flathead screwdriver laying around. She sticks it through the hole in her hand, and she said, not only did I not feel any pain, I didn't feel anything at all. And she goes, once I put the screwdriver through the hole in my hand, that's when I freaked out. Like, that's when I truly knew what was going on was not possible in any way, shape, or form. And I just begin screaming and crying. Now, we don't have an end to that story. We don't, I don't think she's still screaming and crying to this day. If you ever see a woman going, ah, you'll be like, hey, did you ever uh, stick a screwdriver through your hand? I'm curious. It would be interesting. I mean, assuming all these stories are true, which is generally what we do on the show, unless we have evidence. Otherwise, if she stuck the screwdriver through her hand, I'm curious to if the rest of it poked out the bottom or, which at that point you've just stabbed yourself, or if she then turned to her hand and she didn't see the screwdriver coming out of her palm, she just saw him back. But again, she's four or five. Um, super traumatic, super traumatic event, right? But I think, like, if you saw a black hole appear on your body, you'd probably toss a penny in it. You'd probably be a little curious. You'd get the measuring tape, or, you know, like, you're, like, digging through your junk drawer and you find, like, a corkscrew and you're <laughs> digging at it. I think you would try to do stuff. I, I, At least I would probably put a penny in it. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, <laughs> my hand heals right. I'm like, ah, copper poisoning. Ugh. Walking around with a penny in my hand all day long. Actually, that'd be kind of funny. Extremely painful, but funny at the same time. I don't know who would be. <laughs> I don't know who would be. If I'm laughing, they're like, hey, Jason, what's so funny, man? I was like, well, dude, you won't believe this. There's a penny in my palm. <laughs> like, what? Go to the doctor. <laughs> That's not funny, and that's impossible. You're like, yeah. I think you'd be tempted, especially if it was somebody else. This mom and the grandma goes, oh yeah, we saw a black void on your stomach, Joey. And we immediately covered it up. <laughs> the mom and the grandma are looking at each other like, oh, I hope he never finds that poker chip that we flipped inside of there. 
I think you'd be more tempted to do it to somebody else if you saw that they had an endless void in them. You would be like throwing stuff. <laughs> Billard balls. You're finding like the biggest things possible. They're like, ah, oh, take me to the hospital. You'd be curious, right? You'd at least drop like a fishing line in there. See how deep it goes. But maybe not. <laughs> That's probably another reason why I don't have babies or don't want to touch them. Because if I saw an endless gaping hole that stretched onto infinity inside a baby's body, I'll be like, I'll, I'll, I'll be right back. I take the baby to Home Depot. I'm like putting two by fours in there. They're like, sir, sir, what are you doing with that baby? I was like, this is science, man. Back off, back off. I'm learning something. Do you got like a shopping cart? I can just crash into this baby's stomach. I want to see what I can fill in here. I want to see what'll happen. JMO, let's go ahead and call in the carpenter copter. We're going to fly out of the endless void that's in this child's belly. Take us all the way out to Minnesota. Northern Minnesota, to be specific. I guess it's not super specific. It's half of a state. Northern Minnesota. We're headed out to a lake late at night. Splishity splash. Splishity splash. There's a man sitting on a rowboat. <laughs> I wrote in my notes, I called him Joey. I can't have two Joeys in this story. Let's name this guy Matthew. I didn't plan on doing these two stories back to back. But I think they were a good fit. Matthew is sitting in this boat, and he has two dogs. We'll call them Rex and Junior. And he's sitting in this rowboat late at night. He's throwing out his fishing line. Splishity splash. Splishity splash. The waves gently moving the rowboat back and forth. And he's sitting in this boat. And everything's fine, right? His dogs are just chilling. He's chilling. He's actually not out here alone. His buddy is at a cabin on the lakeside and his buddy's out on a pier smoking a cigarette and Matthew's just having a good old time catching some fish. When all of a sudden he sees something right above the tree line. He's, he's looking out. I mean, it's dark out, right? So things are going to get weird. You're not going to have the best vision. You're looking out and you see something Hovering above the tree line. And you go, hmm, what could that be? It looks like a cloud. <laughs> it looks like those clouds I've heard about. I've never seen one in person. But it looks like something like a cloud. It's just, it's a dark mass. But doesn't seem to have a uniform shape. And it's sitting above the tree line. And as he's trying to take this in, he describes it as a black cloud floating in the sky. <laughs> I mean, I know we all see those things. But he also begins to attribute emotions to it which is something we tend not to do right you might go that cloud looks happy it has like a big big smile face right flowing around but for the most part you don't go oh, that poor cloud looks like his girlfriend just dumped him it's just a cloud right but he's looking at this cloud and he assigns words like cold like a cold feeling not just like cold weather he he feels like it's cold and distant again not nothing it's far off i'm picking the wrong terms he feels that it has something wrong with it. In the back of his mind, it's saying that's not a cloud. But his eyes are clearly perceiving this cloud. And as he's taking all of this in, this shape, this amorphous shape 
drops below the tree line. At this point, it's almost just over the lake and instantly closes the distance from the lake shore to Matthew's boat. He looks up. It's right above his head. He looks up at this and he goes, this thing had to be about 15 to 20 feet wide. And even while it was perfectly still over his head, he doesn't say exactly how, I don't think it was just inches above his head. I'm sure it was quite a few feet, but not way up in the sky. As this thing is motionless, like it flies across the lake, it's now hovering over Matthew's location. It's still moving like a cloud. Some really cool imagery in here. It's still doing the whole thing that clouds do, right? They go, they're all fluffy, and then they fold in on each other. As They don't just do that when they're standing still, right? The wind is blowing all the cloud stuff around. So it's still moving as if it's a cloud in motion, but it's perfectly still. And in the back of Matthew's mind, he's realizing, obviously, there's something seriously wrong here. Clouds don't do this. He also is thinking aliens. Aliens, which would be the proper dimensions for a UFO, 15 to 20 feet. That's a, a smaller UFO, but definitely they've been sighted being that small. He keeps thinking aliens, but then he's also thinking, but it's a cloud. Aliens don't come in clouds. Aliens come in UFOs, but that's not a UFO. That's a cloud. And it's interesting because on the, on the physical level, he's completely freaked out. And his mind is trying to rationalize what he's seeing. And what he's seeing is irrational. I'm just trying to put it into those categories, right, that we're talking about. Like, what could this be? Is this aliens? But it doesn't seem like alien. It acts like it's alien, but aliens don't come out of clouds. He said this thing looked like it was a cloud in motion. It looked like it was alive. And at this point, so he's in the boat his two dogs are in the boat and they we see this there's usually a progression of canine activity when we come to the paranormal there's normally an aggressive posture a defensive you know first they're barking and trying to scare off whatever's there and then they start to take a defensive posture where they're trying to protect their humans that they're with and then there's finally the, the like oh no like i'm just a dog the reality sets in and we see humans do this too, right? Reality sets in. They're like, Oh my God. Like, I don't know what that is. I barked at it. It's not going away. I'm burying my teeth. It's not going away. So I'm going to the third stage, which is just praying for the best little, little, little dogs to get converted to religion when they start whimpering and they basically give up, right? They're terrified. That's what's going on right now. (laughs) They skip. All the barking, they skip the growling. They're now both fighting for position underneath Matthew's legs in the boat. Both the dogs are trying to edge out not only each other, but Matthew, right? He's trying to sit there. They're trying to hide from this cloud. When the dog's scared, things have gotten bad. We did a couple episodes about dogs versus aliens, but we did another episode of a friend of mine, Sabine, who was being protected by her dog from a paranormal force. And I'll put that episode in the show notes. It's really cool because it does show that progression 
of a guardian, a dog, a companion who's like eventually just kind of gives up. Well, the dogs are basically like fighting for the best position <laughs> to not get killed by whatever this thing is. And, you know, Matthew looks up and he sees this thing and he's taking in all this stuff. But at the same time, he gets this feeling like if I keep looking at this. I'm going to die. Like, I don't know how it's going to kill me. I don't know what it's going to do to me, but I can't keep looking at it or I'm a dead man. He said, he, he goes, it was like looking at pure, unadulterated evil. Inhuman hatred hovering right above his head. He did the only thing he could do. He's completely exposing this rowboat with these two cowardly dogs. I mean, what are the dogs going to do, right? But the dogs have already given up the fight. He is completely exposed. He's in the middle of the lake on a rowboat. There's not much he can do. He begins to pray. And he said, I was praying for about 20 seconds, which is an incredibly long time when evil is floating right above your head. He's praying, and then he goes, I prayed for about 20 seconds, and then the cloud zoomed back to where it came from. And then simply disappeared over the horizon. It flew away. Matthew immediately just begins. <laughs> Matthew immediately begins rowing the boat. He was too terrified to make any movement. He's too terrified to even look at this thing. Now that it's gone, he's like, okay, okay, dogs. <laughs> thanks a lot. Thanks a lot for protecting me, but you guys got to move. He's rowing this boat and he goes, I'm rowing across the lake. And I know in my heart, this thing is coming back. This thing is right behind me. It's going, the it's speed that it travels, whatever it wanted, it didn't get. Maybe my prayer protected me. Maybe it was just a coincidence, but I'm not praying now. I'm rowing. I can't put my hands together. He's rowing, he's rowing, and he goes, I just know that this thing is going to finish me off. And he's rowing this rowboat, and as he gets closer to shore, again, his faithful companions, Rex and Junior, they don't even wait for, they don't even wait for the boat to get to the shoreline. Once, once he's within swimming distance, both dogs jump out and start swimming away from him. Again, super odd behavior for a dog to abandon their master, but he's rowing. The two dogs jump out, and they're basically, they're dog paddling away. And at that point, you know, you would think that it's, it's definitely, it's like <laughs> this cloud's right behind me. My dogs didn't even wait for me to get to land. They just jumped out, and they're swimming. So he, uh, he's not headed to the pier. He's just headed to the safety of land. He's rowing, 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 and he basically just lands the boat wherever he can. The two dogs, they're headed back to the cabin. And he goes, I jumped out of the boat, and I was basically knee-deep in mud. <laughs> this was not the place where I was supposed to land the boat. He goes, I jumped out of that boat. I was knee-deep in mud, and I'm just, like, panically trying to make his way through the mud. And he finally gets free of the muck and runs as fast as he can to the cabin. And when he gets into the cabin... He sees that his buddy, remember his buddy was sitting on the pier, smoking a cigarette. He gets into the cabin, and the guy in the cabin, his buddy, is shaking. Oh my god. 
I don't know. If he, I don't know if he was saying that. I don't know if he's being all creepy, whispering that. But Matthew's like, dude, did you see what happened out there? And the buddy had seen the whole thing. Now again, remember the buddy was safely, <laughs> safely in the cabin by the time Matthew got in there. So uh, buddies till the end. I'm not for sure. But oh, maybe the friend thought this was the end. Maybe he goes, uh, I'm about to see my best friend get killed by a cloud. And I don't want to see that. <laughs> There's nothing I can do, right? There's nothing I can do from over here. I'm going to go hide in the cabin. But anyways, the friend had pretty much seen... He didn't see the whole thing, right? Because he, he, he took off running. The cabin was right by the lake. But he saw the cloud. He saw the beginning of it. And he basically just took off. Matthew said we spent the rest of the night. We obviously didn't go to sleep. <laughs> you didn't want to go to sleep. And you wake up and there's a dark cloud. Staring at you through the window. You know, you'd be afraid the cloud would break into your house. Or whatever was in the cloud. Like, you don't know what this thing is. And he goes, we spent the rest of the night, me and my buddy, we spent the rest of the night just drinking. And that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. You almost get killed by something that shouldn't exist. He goes, we spent the rest of the night drinking, trying to figure out what that was. What in the world did we see? We both saw it. The dogs were reacting to it. And everything. But that's not even the worst part of this story. I found this story on Phantoms and Monsters. He got it from... I've never listened to this podcast. It's probably pretty cool. It sounds The title sounds great. It's a podcast called Real Ghost Stories Online. So that's the lineage of this story. Someone reported this story to that podcast. And now it's part of Paranormal Lore. But that's not the scariest part. And that's already pretty scary. Because you're so vulnerable in that moment. You're sitting in a rowboat. You're totally exposed. And I think anytime you're in the wilderness, you're totally exposed. That story that I'll put in the show notes about Sabine, you're totally exposed to whatever it is. We did a story a while back about two buddies who were on a lake and they were totally exposed and all the ducks showed up. I'm like, Jason, that's, that doesn't sound scary. This guy's getting chased by an evil cloud. It's the ultimate force of terror floating right above your head. What's wrong with a bunch of ducks? It was a cool episode. I'll put it in the show notes, but it's the same thing. You're stuck. So the story itself is already creepy, but what happened afterwards is a reminder to all of us who enjoy the paranormal. Because these guys, I mean, I mean, he didn't go into his, you know, past history, what his favorite movies are, but he at no point does he say, yeah, I'm a huge fan of the paranormal, or we went out to this lake because it was haunted. There's a bunch of UFO sightings or anything. These guys were just out fishing. They weren't at a haunted cemetery. Since this event, Matthew's life sucks he said after i saw that he, he he goes i know that this malignant force that hovered above me ruined my life from that moment on he said some of the worst times in my life have taken place after that encounter he goes i lost my job <laughs> he works at a cloud factory he's making stuffed clouds for little kids the boss is like, I don't know, I don't know why I started who buys stuffed clouds for little kids. I'm gonna have to lay people off. And I think the first person I'm gonna lay off is you, Matthew. You've been too scared to come into work. He's like, ah. He lost his job. He lost his job. He lost his house, which would suck. And he developed heart issues. And these are all things. Now you're going, Jason, wait a second. These are things that happen to ordinary people. The stuffed cloud factory got shut down. They had, I saw it on the news. They had to lay off a thousand workers. Yeah, these things happen to everybody. Or, you know, 
some people have a run of bad luck you know you lose your house you have heart issues stuff like that but he does say that he can he feels right he, there's no proof he couldn't he couldn't go to the doctor and say hey man these guys online don't believe me can i get a note can i get a note saying that my heart problems was caused by a spooky cloud in the middle of a lake the doctor's like what could just be a coincidence but i don't think so and really that's how he is feeling about it he and the fact that he looks up at this cloud right and he's attributing all these emotions to you know, it's interesting, too, because the friend obviously must have sensed something evil as well. So I don't think it is just him. But anyway, so he's, his life sucks. And whether or not it's just coincidence or run of bad luck or it's connected to his visitation by this cloud, he feels like it is. He goes, I almost died. And not including that. He goes, later on, I almost died. I had these serious heart problems. Lost my job in my house. Things have sucked. And... You know, I'm an outdoors man. I'm obviously, like, fishing late at night. You've got to be pretty outdoorsy to do that. He goes, ever since this event, he goes, I can't even go outside by myself anymore. He goes, once the sun is set, he can obviously take the garbage out in the middle of the morning. He's not like, ah, it's a stormy day. He's all watching the weather report. <laughs> He's looking to see, oh, no, are there any reports of demonic clouds? Okay, good. He can go out during the day, he says. But, he's like a reverse vampire. Once the sun goes down, he can only go outside with a friend. Which I guess isn't like a vampire. But, he needs he needs company to go outside. Which, while tragic, we talked about this before. If a friend came up to you and said, Hey man, I think my apartment's haunted. Depending on how well you knew, obviously I'd be like, what, really? Let's go, let's go find out. Dude, stuff's flying around. I'm like, this will be great on my podcast. His baby's all possessed. His baby's like, ah. I was like, oh, dude, this is so dope. I'm going to post this on my Discord. If a friend came to you, though, let's say that you were a skeptic. A friend came up to you and said, I think my apartment's haunted. You'd be like, oh, dude, that's kind of crazy, right? And you might think that your friend is crazy. They're like, yeah, my baby's been possessed. This guy keeps videotaping my baby flying around. I don't know how to get rid of that guy either. And he's he's real. He's just the squatter at this point. Throwing pennies into my kid. So you would think, okay, this guy might be a little nuts. He's telling me a story about ghosts. But if you believe in ghosts, you might be open to that. Imagine if your friend came to you. He goes on vacation. He's gone, you know, for a couple days. He comes back. You're like, hey, hey, Matt, how was your vacation? And he's like, you will not believe what happened to me. And he told you the story I just told you about clouds and evil and cowardly dogs and all that stuff. You may, you may go, oh, (laughs) that story's insane, right? Like, I believe it because obviously I believe in a lot of this type of stuff. I don't think, I mean, there's always a chance. I hate even having to say it because I've said it a thousand times, literally. There's always a chance this stuff's made up, but you figure he would go, even if you didn't believe the story, and let's say, I know there's a bunch of hypotheticals in here, but even if you didn't believe in the story, now imagine if your friend said, hey, I was wondering if I could ask you a favor. I need to do some stuff after the sun goes down tonight. Will you hang out with me? Like, I have to, like, walk around the neighborhood putting up these. Have you seen me posters? It's a picture of an angry cloud with eyebrows drawn on it. Angry eyebrows. I gotta walk around after dark, but I'm too scared to do that. Will you hang out with me after the sun goes down? 
Like, that's when you would go, this guy has lost it. And that's weird, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> you're like, no, Jason, that's totally reasonable. If your adult friend says, I can't go outside after the sun goes down, I'm afraid of a cloud. But it would be, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, it's so tragic and so weird. You would, this guy could be your best buddy, but if you didn't experience it, you're not the guy on the pier. You're not the guy who was there. He's the guy you hang out with at work or, or college or whatever. And they go, hey, man, yeah, I can't go out after dark. And I'm afraid this evil clown's going to get me. I, I mean, obviously, I would be sympathetic. I would try not to laugh. I'm like, wait, I'm sorry, what a cloud? That's awesome. That's pretty cool. Did it have a little, uh, did it have a little Koopa soldier on it? Um, you would feel bad. And you would think the person was had lost it. You would think something must have happened out there. But the fact that this grown adult refuses to go out after dark, and apparently this is still going on. It's not like he got better right away. He's still unable to go out after dark. And you would think, wow, Matthew, what? You used to be so outdoorsy and things like that. But now, like, you can't even, like, cross the street. The other day I asked you to go to the movies with me. And uh, you said no, because you said you couldn't walk across the parking lot. You're like, can we go to the matinee? You're like, oh, come on, man. I can't watch Puss in Boots again. Let's go see an adult movie that gets out after 7 p.m., dude. I'm so bored. He's like, no, I'm so scared to go out. <laughs> to be fair, now that I've gone on this long rant, he doesn't say he can't walk around a urban environment. It doesn't necessarily say that. He just says, I can't go outside at night. So I don't, I, maybe I'm exaggerating it. Maybe I'm exaggerating it. He's at a coffee shop. And he's constantly looking outside. It's the sun setting. He's like, oh, I got to get home. Maybe he could go outside. Maybe he just didn't like to be outside at dark in the woods. But maybe not. Maybe he is as bad as I say. And that would suck, right? And you would look at your friend and you'd be like, fine, dude, let's go see that dumb Minions movie again. <sighs> and you would just, you would probably bite the bullet, right? Because you like your buddy so much. <laughs> your friend can't <laughs> after dark. That's just so funny. The street lights are coming on. He's like, oh man, I gotta get home. Oh, the clouds are gonna be so mad at me if I don't go home. He hops on his bike. He's all right away. <laughs> Why am I still hanging out with that guy? I have a car. Put your bike in the car. He's like, I'll see you guys later. Gotta race the streetlights home. It would be crazy. And then it would also be sad. And it's also a reminder to paranormal researchers out there that we are looking for this type of stuff. This guy stumbled across it and it drove him mad. It totally ruined his life. He just wanted to go fishing. And he saw something that broke his brain. And his paranormal researchers were looking for this stuff. It's an incredibly dangerous hobby. For some of us, profession. It's very, very dangerous to engage in. There's very... I can't... There may be volcanologists, right? They're hanging out around volcanoes. They can die. Egyptologists have to worry about curses. And maybe, like, geologists who exclusively work in tippy-tops of mountains. Like, there are, there, 
there's probably a lot more science. I was like, uh, probably a nuclear scientist has to worry about stuff, but there's not a lot of scientists where they can die doing their job. A biologist is not going to get, is not going to be like, hey, I want to study elephant DNA. Bring, bring in that wild elephant into the laboratory. Let's start poking it with sticks. Like, the biologist is just going to, like, like look at tigers from a distance, like in a car with a camera and go, ah, that's all the biology I got to do today. I saw how a tiger walked. But ghost researchers are the bravest of all scientists. And it's not just ghost researchers, UFO researchers, cryptid researchers, all of that. We're constantly looking for this stuff on purpose. And there is always that risk that when you find it, whether you're an amateur, whether you're someone who doesn't care about it at all, the ghosts and goblins are the farthest thing from your mind, or you're an amateur researcher, or you're a professional researcher, or you're an expert who's been doing it their entire lives. Sometimes what we look for, we may find. And when we find it, we may find out the reason why this stuff is so mysterious. The reason why this stuff is so hard to prove, so hard to document, is because reality itself knows how dangerous the world of the paranormal is. Reality is not hiding the world of the paranormal from us. It's protecting us from what lies beyond the grasp of what humans were meant to see. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. TikTok is at deadrabbitradio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day. I'm glad you listened to it today. It's good to be back, guys. Have a great one.